Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I am the COVID uh, coverage co-editor for the Daily Nebraskan. Um, I used to be in the culture section doing some good old lead center reviews, but I <laughs> became a COVID man now. Um, he doesn't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're, uh, we're putting out some some good COVID-19 related coverage on UNL's campus. So check that out. As well as... I'm Mia Everding, and I'm just a co-host on this podcast, and that's all I do anymore. I used to be a reporter, but now I'm not. Now you're lame. You used to also be a photographer. Yeah. I used to do a lot of things. I used to have dreams once. (laughs) And now you're in grad school. (laughs) Now I'm in grad school. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Living the life. No. Um, And yeah, I'm Kyle Cruz. I host this podcast, write movie reviews for the DN, and do a couple other random things here and there. And yeah, so we'll just jump right into it with our first segment, and that's What Have I Done? And What Have I Done is the segment where we just talk about what we've been up to this week, whether that's watching movies or watching TV, or pretty much that's it. Every once in a while we talk about a video game, but it's almost always movies or TV. (laughs) So let's start with you first, David. What have you been watching? Yeah, so... uh... My roommates and I have been kind of watching various TV shows together throughout the semester, um, and we uh, recently started watching Sherlock. Um, the, I guess is is it a mi- is, is it a mini series? I mean, no. it isn't. It, it's a yeah, series. It's, no, it's just a, it's a series. BBC series. It's, it's a BBC series. Um, with, BBC um, series. B- <sighs> bad. <laughs> Mia got way too excited about that. About that bad joke that I would make. Shh. Well, you okay? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a BBC show um, with Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Martin Freeman. Um, and what? <laughs> you said that Benedict Cumberbatch. Like you said <laughs> Barton Freeman. Barton the way Freeman. We came across. Yes, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and a Barton Freeman. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, uh, as Sherlock Holmes and John Wa- John Watson, yeah, yes. that's what it is. Um, Doctor John Watson. Yes, sorry, yeah, my bad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I think it started like ten years ago or so. Um, it has four seasons. Um, each episode is pretty much just a movie. It just like all of them are like an hour and a half. Um, and so yeah, we watched the first two uh, so far. Um, I had seen the first one, the first two seasons sorry. or episodes. Yeah, you're you're right. First two <laughs> episodes. Um, I, I should clarify. Yes. Um, and um yeah it's really good i had seen the first episode a few years back and then i just kind of just didn't watch the rest of it um but yeah the first episode is just tremendous like <laughs> i think it just introduces those characters and kind of revitalizes the world of sherlock holmes like so well um and it's just a just a good fun mystery i think the second one is okay it's just kind of a generic kind of filler mystery i think before like a lot of the big moriarty stuff happens or so i am told um and yeah it's just it's it's a ton of fun i think they're both uh uh benny and marty are are, are really great in it um and yeah i both of you have seen sherlock as well correct yes yeah many many times yes i have seen it a couple times i watched it like so i started watching sherlock like sherlock was the very first thing i ever watched on netflix back like i don't know i was probably in early high school or something i don't know um but at that point there were just three uh three seasons and so i watched those 
uh, through, and then season four just came out a couple of years ago. And so then I watched those first three seasons again and then watched season four. Season four is okay. Mm, nice. First yeah. three seasons are pretty good, though. Yeah. Nice. I think the first two seasons are the strongest. Like yeah. the second season. Oh, yeah, it's great. Very, very good. That's probably the season that I've seen the most. So yeah. I, I am in for a good time. Is what yes. You're um, yes. Without like spoiling anything, uh, I think uh, I'm trying to find the name of the guy who plays uh, Moriarty. Andrew Scott. Andrew <sighs> Scott. He is so good. Like, I think he is just as good as Moriarty as, Sher- as Benedict Cumberbatch is as Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Like, it's excellent. Um, He's just a good actor in general, I think. Have you seen Fleabag? No. He's the sexy priest in Fleabag. <laughs> He's yes. phenomenal. I've heard very good things about the sexy priest in Fleabag. That, so. that show is so good. I could talk about Fleabag forever. Very good. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing I enjoy about Sherlock is how it like adapts a lot of like the classic Sherlock Holmes stories into a modern setting. Um, like one of the favorites that like comes to mind um, is like uh, I think it's in like season two or three. They do Hound of the Baskervilles, um, and it's really good. Really good. The yeah. music also mm-hmm. like in general is really good, but that episode is like a terrifying. Yeah. I remember listening to it once, like in high school when I was home alone, like doing homework, and I think I had like headphones on listening to that like the soundtrack for that specific Mm -hmm. episode and that was a horrible idea because there's like kind of crashes in the soundtrack and so i couldn't tell if it was in the music or like behind me very scary yeah that episode just in general is basically a horror movie and it's really good really good nice yes you're in for a good time dave this ended up just turning into me and i talking about uh, i i mean you know way more than i do and i've seen two episodes so yes (laughs) that is totally valid my mother, who does not really like movies or TV in general, she like... But she knows Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I think we should, I don't know. I don't should, think that... Should, she does like The Matrix. Should I will say that. Should we acknowledge this on this podcast because <laughs> so then people understand what's happening or no? I mean, sure. She yeah. went to high school with Keanu Reeves and in Toronto. Cool. But they were also friends and they went on a road trip together once. That's the coolest thing of all time. Yeah. Mia's basically a celebrity. Basically. Yeah. I'm like three degrees from... Technically, like Harry Styles, I guess four degrees. If you do you know that system, yeah. So like my mom, obviously I know her, but she knows Keanu. <laughs> so you're 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 two you're two, two degrees. degrees from Keanu Reeves, who knows like, I mean she's like met he's met Ellen. Let's just say yeah. So, so three, three degrees, degrees from Ellen, Ellen. Oh but then God. she's had Harry Styles on this on the show. So four degrees from I Harry Styles. Ellen's also had like Timothy Chalamet. I'm surprised that's not where you went immediately. I'm I mean, kind of hung up on Harry Styles at the moment, so <laughs> he just released. I mean, are, I mean, aren't we all? You know, <laughs> this is true. He released a sound, a movie, a music video, a movie, a sound, a movie, a music. <laughs> <laughs> all of that combined into a music video, like two days ago. So I think that's why I'm. What like, was the music video? Harry for? Styles on the brain. Um, <laughs> it was for the one of the songs from his latest album, Fine Line. Uh, which came out last December, and it's called Golden. It's actually the first track to the album. I think I know that song. It's maybe? so good. It is a bop. I haven't Certified. Uh, listened to the new uh, Harry Styles album, but I've like been meaning to because, like, Loki, I really enjoy Watermelon Sugar. That it's so good. Like, it's a good that's song. That was probably like the, the weakest song, the song on yeah, the, the the like on the whole album. Like everything else, like is incredible i almost like got a tattoo after one of the songs wow it's very that's good. intense yeah and then i didn't but i was thinking about it <laughs> anyway this i feel is... like mia being into harry styles is just like 
a very good fit, especially because he's in Dunkirk and like. Uh, yes, he's a very good part of Dunkirk. Yeah, he's pretty good. I don't know where you were going with that thought. Yeah, that but was pretty I much agree. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Fair. Checks out. Yep. I was a big One Direction fan, so. It did one sorry i'm just kind of going off on tangents now no. but is one did one direction have like a nickelodeon show i know like Mm-mm. like there were like a bunch of different boy bands in the early 2010s that had tv shows on nickelodeon i think i'm thinking of big time rush yeah you, they know. did but they one direction was on iCarly i think but yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> there you go you were we too s- young we started with sherlock and got to <laughs> big time rush and honestly that's <laughs> Sounds I mean, about right. That's for the us. best kind of conversation you can have. I this feel, is true. So. <laughs> All right, Mia, what have you been watching this week? Oh, good question. Um, last Thursday, I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World with a friend of mine, um, and I had been meaning to watch it for a while. I think I had started it too, maybe gotten like five minutes in, and just like wasn't in the right mood for it. Um, but my friend really really wanted me to watch it he loves it and he gave me kind of like a warning like it's really dumb but you'll laugh and i like laughed out loud several times so it's like it's definitely really dated and like pretty sexist problematic in other areas i would say but like it came out in 2010 not that that excuses it but it it puts it a little bit more in context um but it has a young brie larson and she's beautiful and she's she also sings like she's in a band in the movie but she also like sang for that and Mm -hmm. i didn't know that so that was fun that was a fun little extra part yeah uh i definitely thought you had seen scott pilgrim versus the world before nope but guess not um i love like edgy chris evans in that movie yes um and uh what's 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 his name uh Brandon Brandon Ralph. Oh yeah, he's um, also in that. Yeah, and he's uh, he's like the vegan superhero. Oh, dude. that had me like in tears. Yeah, Brandon Ralph because I so I Brandon Ralph he played know. Superman in Superman Returns, but then he's also in like the DC Legends of Tomorrow show yeah. and like a few other things here and there. Um, so when oh, I didn't realize yeah. he was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I knew him from that stuff, and so when he showed up in, in that movie, I, I thought it was great. Um, nice. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. It's very, very fun. I laughed out loud several times, which doesn't, I mean, I guess that's not saying much. Like, it's a funny movie, but it was just, like, unexpectedly funny. So, there's some good memes. One of my favorite gifts in general comes from that movie, and it's the bit where, like, he's standing uh, in the doorway, and, like, I think, I don't remember who it is that (laughs) comes to see Scott, but she asks where he is, and he just, like, jumps out the window behind her, and, like, he just left. (laughs) Oh, you just missed him. Yeah, it's very yeah, good. Yeah, it's very good. I Something I love, like, I just watched it for the first time over the summer, and, like, the editing in that movie is so, just so good. Like, it's just so, yes. like, so crisp, and there's so many just, like, insanely, like, like just, like, qu- like just so many quick cuts, and it's just, yeah, just re- just a, a, a good movie with a good vibe, is Yeah, what I would say. It kind of gives me, like, Spider-Man into the universe, or in, bleh, into the Spider-Verse. Goodness vibes a little bit just like like the comic book feel yeah, yeah. Say, but like yeah. the i don't know like the captions for like mm-hmm. the sound effects i think that's just hilarious so yeah i think it's definitely like amongst uh um edgar wright's filmography it's definitely like one of like probably the weirdest movie he's done <laughs> um just because yeah uh 
obviously all the comic book elements and just like yeah just the weird like corniness of mm-hmm. it all yeah yeah um yeah it's, it's, it's pretty it's pretty good yeah. i don't know if i would consider that to be my favorite edgar wright movie or if i'd consider like baby driver or what? hot fuzz is great too oh but still need to see that hot fuzz is it's, i excellent didn't know he did baby driver yeah interesting A movie that you don't like Let's not open that can of worms. I don't think we can handle more fighting. Mia doesn't like it when we say Baby Driver is better than Drive. It is. No. I think it is. It's so wrong. Uh. Like, you're just wrong. (laughs) I want to punch you, Dave, and rip your little bell off of your sweater. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought that was going to get, like, a lot more dark than it did. Like, I thought you were going to be, like rip your throat out or something <laughs> and i was like whoa off. but so no i guess <laughs> to provide backstory for this today at the daily nebraskan was ugly christmas sweater day for the seizure staff and so i'm wearing this uh christmas sweater that says meowy christmas on it and it has a bunch of little fuzzy pom-poms and a, a little cat on it and the cat has a i believe it's a kitten but yes okay yeah a kitten a young a, a cat small, a, a young cat <laughs> a, a cat in its youth a cat in its prime um uh has a little bell on its on its neck and it does a little jingle so you should like hold it up to the mic <laughs> so hopefully you can hear that <laughs> so mia just threatened to just rip you threatened to harm this little kitten i mean i, I it's on its necklace, I wouldn't harm the cat. You want to grab cat. a kitten by the neck and pull? No, I would hold the necklace and I would hold the bell and part ways. I don't know. It sounds like you're gonna both. cause some cat whiplash here. Uh. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Baby uh, driver. Yeah. Um, this week. So this past weekend, uh, we saw the release of the sequel to Borat, uh, titled Borat: Subsequent Movie Film, and then I think it's like delivery of a prodigious bribe to American <laughs> regime for make benefit of once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. I did that from memory, by the way. Very wow. good. <laughs> Impressive. Um, that also could have been incorrect. So well, <laughs> it's something like that. But uh, yeah, Borat is a movie that I definitely, I don't think anyone expected to get a sequel to, but a lot of people wanted a sequel to uh, just considering like the political climate we're in right now. Um, but the my experience with the first Borat is interesting because so if if you're not aware Borat is uh, a movie in which Sacha Baron Cohen takes on this kind of really kind of cliche and stereotypical um, like Middle Eastern character and uh, travels like he just goes on a road trip across the U.S. Um, and films it as if it's like a documentary um, and he's just in character interacting with real people and seeing just like the weird situations and crazy things and antics that happen and the first Borat like while it's obviously a comedy and has a lot of like really kind of inappropriate like humor to it which is kind of what Sacha Baron Cohen does um, the first movie I think is actually a really interesting kind of analysis of just like the American culture um, and just like the way people are. Um, but the second one came out this, yeah, this past weekend and kind of does the same thing, uh, in, yeah, a 2020 Trump America. Um, and I would say it's not as good as the first one, but still really good. Um, the plot of this one is like, he comes to the U S uh, with his 15 year old daughter, um, with the intent of like giving, like gifting his daughter to, either Trump or Mike Pence or just someone in the Trump administration to be like a bride 
Um, and so, yeah, that then, yeah, as they show in the trailer, like, uh, COVID is obviously going on, uh, during the movie. And I went into the movie kind of under the impression that they made this movie as a result of like COVID and that kind of stuff. Cause they said that they had filmed it in secret, like during lockdown earlier in the year. Um, but that's actually not what happened. Cause when the film begins, it's actually like before COVID. Hmm. Um, and like, there's a point early in the film where like, he's at a Mike Pence like speech and Pence is like, yep, we've only got 10 cases of COVID in the U S it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. Uh, and so out over the course of the film, you just kind of see the U S decline into the COVID pandemic uh and they just kind of happened to be shooting a sequel to borat while all of that was <laughs> happening so it was just really really good timing um in yeah a weird sort of way yeah because obviously yeah covid is not great <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but for the sake of comedy for the sake of a movie yes it's, it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> um but yeah uh there's definitely more of like a solid like story and plot to this one than the first one because the first one was mainly just him interacting with people and showing what happens uh, but this one actually has a bit of a plot line with borat like kind of discovering what it is to like have a daughter and like kind of gaining a respect for women and just yeah uh without going too deep into it it's yeah just kind of it gives the vibe that the film was like they started shooting with the intent of like the focus of this movie to be like just the treatment of women in the u.s um but then when COVID hit they kind of had to shift gears um and move on with and move with that um, and I think the result is it's just kind of a really it's it's a very 2020 movie. Um, <laughs> it's very kind of reliant on the time that we're living in. And I think it's going to be an interesting like kind of time capsule to like look back on in like 10 years and just like see what the world was like right now. Um, and hopefully the world's a little bit better in 10 years. But, you know, <laughs> we'll find out, I, I guess. So. <laughs> um Everything is fine. <laughs> we are we are all doing great. Yes. <laughs> Try not to think about the next time we record. It will be after the election. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Borat. Have either of you seen the first Borat or checked out the second Borat or generally like what have you what have what, you have any nope. thoughts here? No. <laughs> nope. I really want to see like I, I want to see both now. Um, cause I've heard pretty good things about, um, the second one and, and obviously the first one I think is kind of a bit of just like a cult classic and, um, yeah, I, I'm sure I will check out kind of both in back to back fashion. At the same time. Yeah. Um, I watched the first Borat again, like right before, like I did a Borat double feature on Saturday night, nice. which was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is, so the actress that plays Borat's daughter, like she's pretty much just a relatively unknown actress and she does a fantastic job in this movie and like now she's legitimately like got like oscar buzz for just her performance in general <laughs> which was Whoa. unexpected also apparently sacha baron cohen won a golden globe for his performance in the first borat oh. which i didn't huh. realize until i saw the second one um but yeah uh and i think a lot of the the buzz around her character um and her performance in general comes from there's a lot more emotion to that character um and she has much more of an arc than borat does um and yeah, she's a young actress who's able to be in these completely wild situations with real people and not break character and do these absurd things and just not blink an eye. Um, so I think in that sense, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic performance. And I wouldn't. Sorry. <laughs> Mia's honor. Boom. I'm so sorry. I thought I had muted it. <laughs> <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, Borat is good, I nice. guess. Cool. Borat is good. <laughs> when did the first one come out? 2006. Wow. So it was yeah, a couple of years into the second Bush Bush Okay. Uh, term. term, yeah. I about said second Bush administration. I yeah. was like <laughs> I mean like that's like what my brain was thinking too, but then I was like that's not that's not the word. That's mm-hmm. not what's right. Yeah. But the first Borat like it has less to do with like politics than but more so culture. This one is definitely like a mix of politics and culture nice. because like without getting too into it, I'm sure you've seen headlines. Um, but there's a decent chunk of this movie that focuses around Rudy Giuliani, and obviously uh, they're making fun of the Trump administration consistently throughout the whole thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Nice. Um, moving on from there, uh, we'll just jump right into the news. And there's not a whole lot of news this week, but as kind of seems to be the case when we don't have a whole lot of news, there is some big news. Um, so first thing first, uh, last week we talked about how the Snyder Cut was adding uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, and this week, we get to talk about how it's apparently adding Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke. Is that how you pronounce it, Manganiello? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have only very briefly seen Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke in like a post credit scene to the first Justice, like to the original Justice League. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they mix that character into the movie itself rather than just kind of being a setup for a potential sequel. Um, I th- like the casting. Um, but just like I said last week, this is probably just them trying to get as much into this as possible to be kind of an audition for the Snyder verse as a whole, I guess. Um, yeah. You guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we got, did he even have any lines in that post-credit scene or did he just kind of show up on Lex Luthor's yacht? I think he said a couple lines while he had his helmet on. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he definitely he has a look for it. Um, he's a pretty solid actor. Uh, I like the overall character of Deathstroke. He was on Arrow and had a very good arc there. Um, so yeah, cool. I mean, I feel like they're just kind of throwing a bunch of things into this movie, and I think it will be glorious either way. It'll be gloriously bad or gloriously good. So <laughs> yeah, I think that you're probably right on that. Yep. Mia, do you do you care about Deathstroke? I don't know who he is. We've never <laughs> met. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So moving on from there, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Michael B. Jordan potentially directing uh, the third Creed film. Mm-hmm. Uh, got this news earlier this week. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it other than Michael B. Jordan, to my knowledge, hasn't directed anything before. And I don't know. I'm always just a little hesitant when someone who hasn't directed anything's given like a big budget movie to work with or like a big franchise to work with because I feel like it usually doesn't end up that well. But I feel like if you're going to do it, having Michael B. Jordan direct uh, the third Creed film would be a good situation to do it just because he's so tied to that to that franchise. And like I believe he was a producer on the first two as well. Yeah, I think so. So it's not like he was just the star, um, but also maybe he was. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I I liked uh so I liked the second creed really enjoyed the first one but I'm not like super interested in seeing a third one um but you know we'll see how it goes uh do you guys have any have any thoughts on Michael B Jordan directing Creed 3 Yeah I think it's definitely an interesting choice um yeah I'm not entirely sure if we just need more rocky universe movies like <laughs> I uh, like and yeah, I think the second one's solid and and does some interesting things with the 
uh, Ivan Drago and son of Ivan Drago characters. Um, but I, and it doesn't really kind of close the book on, on this universe, but Rocky gets like closure with his son and Creed has a kid now. And I, mean, I feel like it's kind of, I, I don't really know where they could go with this anymore, but I mean, I feel like people have been saying that about the Rocky movie since probably like the second one, like after, after, after the second one where he beats Apollo Creed, it's like, we don't really need any more of these movies, but they've made like seven more since then. And most of them have been pretty all right. So, yeah. hey, I, I, I'll always take, I'll always take some, some more Rocky, Rocky goodness. Yeah. Mia, do you have any thoughts on Creed? I don't. I've always meant to watch it and never gotten around to it. It's not really my genre of movie, I would say. So I guess I've never felt like the need to like. You don't like sweaty through. men punching each other? You know, it's not really my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the first one is definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, just because, like, looking aside, looking beyond, like, the, the boxing aspect of that movie and, like, the Rocky stuff in it, I think it's genuinely just a really good movie. Hmm. Um, I think it's very, it's very, very similar to the original Rocky and has, like, a lot of similar themes where it's it's not just, like, a boxing movie. Like, it's, it's, it's more of a character study. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I mean, I love the original Rocky. I think Creed updates a, a lot of what is in Rocky in a really good way. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I think you would like... Have you seen the first Rocky? Have nope. You... It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I um, feel like you would like both of those movies independent okay. of everything else. Yeah. Just... Um, yeah, Creed is basically just like Rocky if it was directed by... Uh, I literally just had his name in my Ryan head. Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Huh. Um yeah, because he, he directs oh. Creed. I think it was his work on Creed that got him the Black Panther job. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so I think this is just kind of another example of Michael B. Jordan kind of expanding his career because we got the news. Did we talk about this last week we that did. he's going to be doing uh, – he's producing a uh, static chalk show, movie, something yeah, we like t- that? Yeah, hmm. I think it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is just kind of more – yeah, examples of him moving into the creative side uh, of of the movie industry rather than just acting, uh, which I think is exciting. Um, but yeah, moving on from there, I guess we'll we'll talk about No Time to Die. Um, so No Time to Die is the twenty fifth James Bond movie. I think it's the twenty fifth. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was supposed to come out in April. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was in April, and then it moved to November. Yeah, to November, yeah. and. Has, I think it's since been pulled off that spot without yep. like an official release date. Um, mm. And uh, we got the report this week that apparently uh, some streaming services, I believe it was like Netflix and maybe Amazon, um, that were trying to to kind of buy basically buy the streaming rights to the movie. Um, and uh, the producers of the film, I think it's, is it a Sony film? Um. The Bond I franchise moves around a lot. Yeah, I think it might be MGM or it might be Sony. I know that like a a family owns the rights to it, and they kind of yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I know that the the Broccoli's own the rights to the Broccoli. Yes, yeah. Is that like legitimately their name? Yeah, it's like Barbara Broccoli is like like <laughs> she's like the the like the spelled owner. like the vegetable. I believe so. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Old. So yeah, <laughs> did you say old? Bold. Oh, like, <laughs> bold of you to be bold of you to have broccoli to have as your that last, last name. name. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, the 
studio or whoever it is uh, turn, turned him down. Um, mm-hmm. And so that kind of just hints that they're really kind of wanting to stick to a theatrical release for this movie. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't enti- – like, I kind of understand why, but I also I think that the Bond franchise is kind of – like, I don't imagine No Time to Die is going to be, like, a huge, like, billion-dollar movie unless it's absolutely fantastic, which maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I don't know. I feel like the Bond franchise over the last few entries has really just kind of gone downhill and lost audience interest a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like if it was in a better standing, them taking the stand of like, no, we're going to be in theaters would be a lot more admirable. But this time it just kind of, it kind of seems like they're just being a little stubborn. Um, not, not stubborn, but like, I don't know. Like there's a lot of industries taking a hit right now. And so it feels like they're just like really hanging on to this. Um, which might be the right business move, but also it's been a year. A lot of people have had to take a lot of hits. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think, I think it is an interesting um, kind of look at James Bond as a brand. Cause I think it was at one point, like one of the biggest movie brands in the world, um, kind of up there with like a star Wars or I can't even think of anything else, but, but it, it was like, you know, uh, James Bond carried a lot of weight, and I think it still does, but I think, yeah, I don't really know to what degree, and I think with the last one being not so good, and it, it, it's it's weird to think, like, two James Bond movies ago was Skyfall, which is great, and I think one of the best James Bond movies. Um, hmm. And I think kind of revitalized it as well, uh, um, the franchise as well, but I think with Spectre being not so great and it being now, like, three or four years since Spectre came out, I think it's not maybe something that people are really, you know, pining for uh, anymore. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I think just in general, studios are struggling with what is the right decision to put things out or to not. And, and kind of, I think everyone's just kind of trying different models because no one really knows what is happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh I think the moral of the story is that 2021 is going to be a very crowded year for movies. Yeah. Assuming things don't continue on the same trajectory uh. they are. <laughs> let's just Yikes. not think about that. Yep. Um, let's, let's talk about more movies. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think me and I are excited to talk about this one. Um, this week got, we got the news that The Meg 2 uh, has found its director in a guy named Ben Wheatley. Um, I don't know anything about Ben Wheatley. I checked out his IMDb prior to this and didn't recognize anything. But I think the real news here is I didn't realize we were getting a sequel to The Meg. Um, so The Meg is, it came out like two years ago, yeah, I think. 2018. Um, it's a Summer. Jason Statham shark movie, but instead of a regular shark, it's a big shark. Big. Like a megalodon, which is where the name comes from, <laughs> in, case you, in case you didn't figure that out. Um, and yeah, it's probably one of the most like absurd, like just popcorn movies i've seen in the past few years um it's not like great but it is a lot of fun um and rain wilson is in it uh who's dwight in the office and i think ruby rose Mm -hmm. um and a few a few other big names that i can't remember off the top of my head um but i think the meg actually performed pretty well i want to say it did really well internationally yeah Um, yeah it didn't do like amazing here in the u.s um but yeah i'm curious to see like what they do with the sequel to this i don't remember how the first one ended do you remember mia oh i it gets 
killed, doesn't it? I but isn't there so. a second one? Yeah, well, there's I think, spoiler alerts for The Meg, um, but I think it gets killed like halfway through and then there's a second one in the movie. I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Doesn't the second one like explode at the end? I haven't seen it. So <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. yeah. Let me look I think up so. the Wikipedia. <laughs> Just quickly, go to the bottom. Yeah, um, I think that might be right. Let's see. Um, did you guys see what the like the subtitle for Meg 2 is? No, I did it's not. It's Meg 2, The Trench. That's pretty generic, but also yeah. kind of makes sense because, like the 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 explanation they give for like where these megalodonks came from is like apparently at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, there's like a really thick layer of I don't know some goo or something. <laughs> um, but so they some movie goo, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but some scientists break through that goo, and then a megalodon right. comes out. Um, you never want to yeah. break through the goo. That's yeah. So I'm <laughs> guessing that there's just going to be more megalodons yeah. that come out of there, I guess. Isn't that where kaijus in Pacific Rim come from? Don't they come from goo as well? Like they open up. I know it's They like, come from like the center of the earth or something. I, well, I know it's like an interdimensional portal oh. um, in oh, Pacific right. Rim, but I think it comes from like the Ring of Fire, which is like where the Mariana. I think it's oh, where the Mariana Strong okay. is. That makes sense. Um, but it, yeah. Also, I looked it up. It doesn't explode. Um, it is like it's been hurt severely, and then smaller sharks attracted by the megalodon's blood approach it and devour the dying megalodon. So it does die. Both of them do. Maybe maybe it's the first one that explodes. I feel like there's no, definitely a meg I think that I just explodes. Looked up, <laughs> I just looked up a gif, and they like kill the first one, I think, and then like it's strung up somehow, and then the other one comes up and like. Do you remember it? Oh, like, jumps yeah. up and like chomps on yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So maybe there is no exploding Meg. Maybe they'll do that in the second maybe. one. Yeah. Maybe we're just like, looking into the future. Explosives. Yes. <laughs> I saw this with my parents, and as I have just mentioned, my mother doesn't really like movies. She had a good time. Well, I don't know. She had a good time. She thought it was really stupid, but my father and I enjoyed it. So, yeah. I don't know why I thought the need to say that, but I think it was because my father and I were impressed that we managed to rope Sarah Everting into <laughs> seeing a shark movie just for fun. Yeah. You know. Um, I remember what surprised me about the first Meg movie is kind of like, it feels like a B movie, like an intense, like just kind of really bad, cheesy shark movie, but it's got like a really high budget. Like there's a lot of visual effects in this thing. Like they went all out on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, mm. like, I guess it worked because now it's getting a sequel and it did pretty well financially, like, at the box office. So, yeah, mm. The Meg yeah. 2. The Trench. <laughs> the Trench. Um, yeah, the moving trench. on to some TV news. Uh, we got the we got the word that Tim Burton is going to be, uh, I don't know if he's directing or producing or creating some sort of uh, Adam Family TV series, like a, a new show. Um, yeah, mm. I don't really care about The Adams Family. I if I'm being honest, haven't seen like any Adams family material ever. Um, like I generally like know what it is, but just never something that I was like, you know what? I need to watch the Adams family. That just never happened. Um, but Tim Burton seems like a good fit for this. Like it kind of seems like something that would be up his alley. Um, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. What do you guys think? I love me, the Adams family. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, well, specifically, like, the original 1960s series. My dad loves that show. I watched some of the episodes. I can't really say I, like, specifically remember, like, things that happen in the Adam family, but it just has a lot of just good, fun vibes. Um, like, the 60s one is just a very, like, 1960s, like, just fun little family comedy 
but they're all just they're creepy and they're kooky as the song says <laughs> so um and yeah I, I haven't seen any of the movies with who's in those movies it's it's somebody um but the ones from the 90s or whatever um yeah. i haven't seen any of those and i did not see that the uh the animated one from like last year with oscar isaac um <laughs> but yeah i think i think this I, I yeah tim burton's like perfect for this um he's apparently executive producing and possibly directing all the episodes um so yeah, I I I would love some like a a good Adams Family TV show that kind of returns to its roots. I think would be very fun. So. Hmm. I've never seen any adaptation of this. So da 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 da. That's are you aware of the song? Is that it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Da 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 da. Huh. Yeah, that one. What do you know? That iconic, very good song. Yeah, I'll play it for you later. Okay. It's, a, it's just a banger, let me tell you. All right. Interesting. <laughs> huh. From what I know of it, I could see Tim Burton excelling in that. So. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Oscar Isaac. Oh, 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 um, oh what a segue. Sorry, I was just segue. waiting for that segue. Um, yeah. Oscar Isaac uh, has been officially cast, reportedly cast. I think reportedly I think cast. Reportedly at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's reportedly by like outlets such as variety and hollywood reporter and deadline Deadline, like all very reputable sources um that oscar isaac is going to be playing moon knight uh in the marvel disney plus series um so moon knight is a character i don't know much about but i know it's a character that a lot of people love um and he's kind of just like a an edgier like darker uh marvel character kind of like something you would anticipate would be on like the old Netflix Marvel shows, um, back when the, those were a thing. You, know, you guys remember when Daredevil was like great? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Oscar Isaac's gonna be Moon Knight, I guess. I know the character is kind of supernatural. I know, I think he's Egyptian, um, and he gets like powers of like some Egyptian god, and it just like takes over his body or something like that. Wow. I'm not. I and yeah, I'm not super familiar with it. All I know is he beats people up and is edgy and kind of Batman-ish, I guess. Yeah. Um, Hmm. He's Batman, but he's, like, kind of weird and insane, and I think he's a little bit kind of meta. Maybe that's not a thing, but I think it's, like, he kind of, like, Hmm. he's kind of Deadpool-y, where he, like, kind of knows that he's fictional. That might not be a thing, Um, but... Yeah, I think he's kind of like weirder Batman who has superpowers, but yeah. in Marvel. I know that there's like some recent stuff they've done with him where like he's kind of insane, and so you're never entirely sure if like him being a superhero is real or not, or if it's just kind of like all in his head. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the Moon Knight show uh, is yeah one of a slew of new Marvel Disney Plus shows that are actually a part of the MCU that are seem to be getting like actual like big. Uh, big movie budgets uh, for these shows and they're very integral parts of the MCU. So basically the news here is Oscar Isaac is playing a very popular character in the MCU. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I know a lot. some people have been uh, upset with this casting, not because Oscar Isaac isn't great, but because he's the wrong ethnicity um, mm-hmm. for, for this character since he's an Egyptian character and Oscar Isaac's Guatemalan, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Well, and also um, I believe like, the get whoever the actual uh hold on yeah so like mark specter who is like what the guy is called before he gets these powers or whatever he is jewish american so i think that also was part of it as well um so 
Yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's a character that I think a lot of people anticipated they would cast like uh, a Middle Eastern uh, actor in the role. Yeah. And then they went and got Oscar Isaac. Hmm. And so, yeah, I, I guess I can understand why people are upset about that. Um, but also Oscar Isaac's a fantastic actor and I think he'll probably do the character justice. Yeah. Um, and also we don't know what they're doing with the show. So for, for all we know, maybe he is a Guatemalan character in the show because they can make whatever changes they want, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is exciting. You guys have any more thoughts on this? Exciting question mark? Yeah. I think it sounds cool. <laughs> I don't have much to say or think. <laughs> really. Oscar Isaac, good. That's my thought. Very Oscar nice. Isaac, good. End of podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on from there, we got one more TV show that we want to talk about. Uh, and that's the news this week that Netflix is developing uh, an Assassin's Creed live action TV show. Um, and uh, so first of all, the Assassin's Creed series is it's a it's a series of video games um, that got a movie adaptation back in 2016 with Michael Fassbender that I never saw but heard was really really bad. Hmm. Um, I I enjoyed the Assassin's Creed games although I haven't played them since I don't know like the third one, um, which is really the sixth one I think or fifth one I don't know it's weird. Um, but they're, they're really enjoyable games. Um, and they do have a very heavy, heavy emphasis on story. Um, so I think the Assassin's Creed like brand is one that would work really well as either a movie or a TV show. So I'm glad that they're giving it another go. Hopefully it's better than the movie was, I guess. Um, and also, uh, adding to this, there's been reports going around that not only are they developing an, uh, a single Assassin's Creed show, but they're developing kind of a universe out of this. And so, like, the Assassin's Creed games, if you don't know, like, they go and explore different time periods and, like, assassins within this organization. So they go from, like, ancient Egypt to, like, the American Revolution to, uh, like, the Renaissance and, like, all these different time periods. And so I think that's something that could be really interesting to explore in kind of a TV universe on Netflix. Um, and seeing the acclaim that Netflix has gotten for another adaptation, a uh, TV show adaptation of a video game, The Witcher, um, is encouraging. Granted, The Witcher is also based on a series of books. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I have faith in what Netflix will do with this. Um, and I'm curious to see like what it actually turns out to be. But yeah, I'm just glad they're giving it another go. Um, you guys have any, have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's something that definitely lends itself to be more of a TV show than a movie because I think they can they don't have to focus on one time period. They can kind of do you know they can jump to different time periods in different episodes. Um, yeah, I don't. I've only played. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's just the one where they're in France or something. So, um, like, is it is it like the French Revolution? Yeah. Or, okay, I think that's why am I blanking on the name of it? Another one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I played some of that one and I was like, is it yeah. Unity. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's a franchise I definitely want to kind of dive more into. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just wait until the show comes out and then I'll be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Assassin's Creed was like one of my favorite video games in high school. Uh, in particular, Assassin's Creed, I believe, Brotherhood and 3. Uh, 3 is the one where they're in the American Revolution and Brotherhood is one of like three games they made in the Renaissance. Um, yeah, they're pretty pretty enjoyable. Nice. Um yeah, so that's all we've got for movie news this week. Our movie, TV, entertainment <laughs> news. You know you know what we do on this podcast. Um, so yeah, from there we'll just jump into our main topic for the week. And our main topic, we wanted to do something for Halloween. Um, weren't entirely sure what to do. So we're going to talk about movies that scared us as kids that maybe 
aren't all that scary, but just movies that, for whatever reason, just really got under our skin as kids. And now we look back and we're like, huh, we used to be afraid of this, I guess. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll just do we want to do like a round robin thing. We yeah, we used to talk about three or four or something. Cool. Uh, let's start with you, David. What what scared you as a kid? So I want to start off by talking about a movie that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, a little a little film called Chitty Chitty Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Uh, have you heard of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I have. Okay. I've heard of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a movie from 1968, directed by Ken Hughes. I don't know who that is, um, hmm. but uh, it's uh, it's a musical, which we all know that I, I love a good musical. Um, the music's by the Sherman Brothers, who did Mary Poppins, um, and that, that was, this was like just a few years after Mary Poppins, and it also stars Dick Van Dyke. Um, and this movie mm-hmm. is, I, I rewatched it recently with my sister. Um, I we watched it like a ton as kids, um, and uh, it's pretty much just like a Mary Poppins knockoff. Like it's so it's about uh, Dick Van Dyke plays this inventor named Caracatus Potts. Um, <laughs> what a name! I know it's incredible. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's kind of the struggling inventor. Um, he has two kids, and, and he, all of his inventions don't really work. But he finally, he takes his old car, and he uh, makes it into Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is pretty much this, like, magical, flying, kind of sentient car. It's, not, it's never really fully defined. Um, it's not like a car that can talk, but it, like, I guess knows what's happening because it'll, like, save them and whatever. Um, and yeah, it's just the music is is really fun because it's the same same guys who did Mary Poppins, so they they know how to write some good old show tunes. Um, yes. But yeah, it's just a weird, insane movie. Um, and the part that specifically scared me as a kid is so at one point, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang gets stolen by this like vaguely Eastern European country that's probably just Russia or or whatever. Um, and so they have to go and rescue Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Well, actually, I think they're uh, Dick Van Dyke's dad gets kidnapped by this country, and then they, with Chitty Bang Bang, fly to this country to get the grandpa. <laughs> um, and so, in this country, like children have been outlawed, have been outlawed, and they have this like guy who like goes around and gets children, and he's called the Child Catcher. And so, like the, the Dick Van Dyke's children in this movie when they get there, they have to, like, hide. But then they're, like, lured out by the child catcher, and he, like, pretends to, like, be, like, a candy, like, a guy with candy. And then he, and, like, he he, ta- he talks like this. He's like, children! And <laughs> and so as a child, it just scared me a lot. I was not a fan of it. Um, and, like, all the children get, like, put in a dungeon. And just, it just really messed me up. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, it's, in general, it's a very delightful movie. It's, like two hours and 40 minutes for like no reason at all and like when i rewatched it we just like skipped around all the songs because everything else just sucks <laughs> like all the stuff where there's not songs are just it's just really bad and slow um but yeah it has dick van dyke doing a, a good tap dance here and there so but yeah that one part though just is is very traumatizing so fun yep <laughs> very very good so, now that gives me no motivation whatsoever to watch it. <laughs> so moving on to you next, Mia. What was a movie that scared you kind of irrationally as a kid? Hmm. I don't know necessarily if it's irrational now. I don't know. But I, I have a very vivid memory of 
Whew, well, if I could remember time, I would remember how old I was. Because <laughs> I watched it in my dad's office at work, but I don't remember when he was in that office. Um, we, My sisters and I watched E.T., and I remember, like, we were in the lounge, and we, like, hid behind the couches during the, like, opening scene when the guys were, like, in the forest. I don't know. I haven't seen it since. But I just remember, the, like, the guys are in the forest, and their keys are really loud. Like, mm-hmm. on their, uh, yeah. like, they have, like, these big buckled keys, like, mm-hmm. against their hips. And I remember, like, the sound of that just, like, being scary. And, like... <laughs> Because I wasn't looking at the screen, I didn't really know what was going on. So all I heard were just the sounds. And that was, like, somehow worse than actually seeing what was going on. But I haven't, again, haven't seen it since. So I wouldn't I wouldn't know now if it's scary or not. I just remember, like, the op- like that's, like, the opening scene, too. Yeah. And I remember just being, like, terrified. I would say I was probably, like, five years old, maybe. Like, very, very young. So just a five-year-old Mia being scared of keys. <laughs> Yeah, five-year-old me was scared of a lot of things. So, so did you get to the part where, like, E.T. is, like, horribly mangled and, like, and like he's, like, close to death yeah. and stuff? I guess spoiler alert for E.T., but... Um, I vaguely remember that. So, I like, think I remember part, just being scared throughout the whole thing. Because I know, like, as a kid, like, that freaked me out. Because there's a part mm. where they just, like, find E.T. in a ditch and mm-hmm. he's, like, all pale and he's, like, uh... Or <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and that made me sad, so... Oh. Sad or scared? Sad and scared. That's a Because I was like, E.T.'s going to die. So. <laughs> heartbreaking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything to say about <laughs> E.T. Right. But e- E.T.'s, E.T.'s good. E.T.'s a yeah. good movie, I'd say. You okay. should rewatch it, probably. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's it's technically a Halloween movie because part of it takes place on Halloween. Hey, this is true. This yeah. is true. Those Reese's Pieces. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. See that I it's just right over your head about 20 years ago, <laughs> so a lot has happened since then, yeah. Um, yeah, one movie that I or not one movie, but like a, a series of movies that I've talked about on this podcast a lot and just in general talk about a lot is The Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord mm. of the Rings are fantastic, they're the movies that got me into movies. They, yeah, they are, yeah. Just very, very, very. I don't have the words to express how much I love the Lord of the Rings. They are just all time number one, no matter what. I think I have the words. Kyle absolutely loves these movies more than anything. Yes, and he has a tattoo of them too. I do. Yes, yeah, this is true. Mm. Um, yeah, so, but uh, I want to take you back to a time before I saw the Lord of the Rings. Um, when I was when I was really young, uh, I was probably like six or seven. I was vaguely aware of the movies, um, but. In my six or seven year old imagination, I thought these movies were like the most intense movies that had ever been made. I thought they were horrifying and just like movies that only like adults could watch. Um, they were big boy movies. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I remember like in one of the games I had uh, on the in, like inside the case on in like inside the back cover, there was like an advertisement for like the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King game, and I was like, "Whoa, this game's rated T." um but the first time i actually sat down and watched the movies was when i was probably like nine or ten uh and they absolutely terrified me i could not get like i watched them all the way through but like there were many times while watching these movies that like so like growing up like my parents like the big tv was in the basement and so we'd watch all the movies down there um and whenever i get scared i would just like run upstairs i would be like nope i'm out and i would just (laughs) dip out 
um, come back like five minutes later. That happened many times while watching Lord of the Rings, uh, whether it be the cave trolls or the orcs and Urukai and the Nazgul and Gollum and just like pretty much any antagonistic force in these movies was absolutely terrifying as a kid. You're good. You're like you're um, done with this. Yeah, I was like, nope, I'm. These these movies are too much for me. Uh, and then I ended up not watching them again until like middle school, early high school, and then now here we are. So. Wow. And then, yeah, movies were good, and now I'm going to graduate college. <laughs> that very and you quickly, still love them. That very quickly became an existential moment for it you. It did. Yeah, yeah, it really did. That was interesting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they just kind of really got under my skin. And, like, whenever – I don't know. Specifically, like, the Urukai uh, were, like, the one creature that consistently would just, like – I would have nightmares about and would just get under my skin. Yeah, yeah. I think it's crocodiles. Crocodiles yeah. and alligators, it's, like, mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary. And yeah, very, very scary. I was not aware the crocodiles made any sense. Oh, yeah, they hiss. Yeah. It's really oh. scary. Yeah. It's pretty spooky. Was it... Can you think of a particular Urukai moment that, like, stands out? Um, I think I have one. what really kind of got me was when, like, the Urukai are being, like, made. And they're, like, being, like, pulled out of the trees and everything. And, like, they're, like, pulling the goop off their face. Yeah. And they're, like, just, like roaring and yeah. doing their scary thing and getting ready to go kill some people kill some hobbits yeah yeah that like gives me chills yeah i think still today when, when i watch lord of the rings the, those moments i'm like this is like intense like R- uh, yeah. really intense yeah yeah i remember like having to look away in some parts during like aragorn's fight yeah at the end of the first, first one yeah because yeah. i remember uh, it split in the book mm-hmm. right yeah uh and I think what makes it like even like I think what makes it stick with you even more is the fact that it's practical effects, um, just like the makeup and just like the Lord of the Rings trilogy as a whole just uses a lot of practical effects. So everything looks really like realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of made it more mm-hmm. like tangible to me as a kid. Um, I think if it had been CGI, it wouldn't have like it still would have been scary, but not as like. But it wouldn't have like rattling. stood up yeah. now, probably yeah. like um, the test of time. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I've got to say about that. Nice. Very good. Very uh, good. So moving on to you next, David. What's what's another movie that scared you as a kid? Yes, I will also talk about a movie that I now very much love, um, but just like was absolutely terrified as as a kid and just like could not finish it the first time I watched it. And that was the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters, no. as most people know, is a, is a comedy. Um, it has some spooky elements to it because it's ghosts and it's like i think the stuff that really scared me the most was like the more monstery ghosts like there's there are a bunch of big dogs that kind of leap out at one point um and yeah i just really was not having it my dad my dad loves this movie and i think was like really excited like i'm gonna show my kids this the first time and they're gonna love it and we did not love it (laughs) specifically me (laughs) um but yeah i like since like i've i've now seen that movie so many times um and I love it. It's one of my favorite comedies. It, there are so many good one-liners in that movie. Um, and the cast is really great. Um, and, you know, it turns out it's really not that, that scary at all. So, <laughs> so, yeah. I can understand being scared by some of the stuff in Ghostbusters, though. Like, yeah, some of those, some of those monsters and spooky ghosts are kind of spooky. There's a, there's a dog in the fridge at one point. Yeah. It's pretty scary. So. And there's, like, weird portal stuff at the end i haven't seen these movies in a long time pretty good well one i mean one is good and then the other 
one is bad. Ghostbusters two is so <laughs> bad. Um, when when did you say how old you were when you saw it the first time? That's a good question. I don't know. I okay. mean, it must have been like four or five. I would imagine. Oh wow. Um, because you know, like it is like, I guess there are some like adult moments of that, but those are like my parents just probably skip past it. But like for a lot of it, it is kind of has kind of a fun kids movie vibe um but then there are ghosts and that is scary Fair. i have never seen Ghostbusters. what mia what's a mo- what's another movie that that scared you well i was lord of the rings is my second choice so I, I, you already talked about it so I'll, i can do my next one just because mm-hmm. I, I won't go through everything um jurassic park terrified like 12 year old mia which is a little embarrassing to admit because I, I think I was 12 when I saw it the first time. <laughs> and boy, howdy, those dinosaurs are scary. I, I I think I had a lot of issues sleeping as a child and into my, I guess, adolescent years. But I remember like distinctly like not being able to sleep that night after watching Jurassic Park. I mean, to be fair, like the animation or the animatronics like on on the T Rex are like incredible, and like I love the movie now, and I think it definitely holds up. But I would say I was irrationally afraid <laughs> from like everything, like every single like carnivorous dinosaur in that movie is terrifying. Like the one that goes like. Whee! in the car <laughs> i think that's scary. A, i think it's a dilophosaurus yes yeah, 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 yeah nerd <laughs> look at you knowing all no, these I was, dinosaurs i was names. just i was <laughs> I literally just thinking about that one like a little bit ago yeah but wow <laughs> um yeah i i think being afraid of jurassic park as a kid is justified i was but also, i was 12 uh, but just like that's I mean, not <laughs> i guess that young yeah like nine okay that's fine i mean but like there are some up. considerable jump scares in that movie yeah when the arm is on her shoulder and she thinks it's Samuel Jackson. That's true. And yeah, it's Jello. just an arm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the ra- raptors. The raptors. My gosh. And yeah, I think the terrified me. And the, and the T-Rex introduction is also like... That's true. And the ghost's I mean, just, just gone. it's such yeah. a good movie. It is. Yeah, so it's, good. It's pretty the pacing, good. I, love, I think I love the pacing mm-hmm. of it. Like, it just, everything goes down. I think it is fine. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I mostly said that to make you upset. Of course. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, another movie that scared me as a kid is another movie directed by Peter Jackson, and that's a movie we talked about briefly last week, and that's his like three-hour take on King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, came out in two thousand four, five, six, something like that, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um, yeah, I think what really scared me about Jurassic, not Jurassic Park, um, Jurassic Kong, <laughs> Jurassic Kong, uh, about king kong wasn't necessarily king kong himself but it was just like the island um and all the the big spooky monsters and dinosaurs on the island specifically there's like a a fight scene in which like kong is like fighting off two t-rexes and like he like grabs one like he like he grabs it by like its lower jaw and upper jaw and like pulls on it and breaks i hate that move in horror movies yeah yeah king kong does that to a t-rex and it's it's intense um and so yeah that movie scared me quite a bit as a kid i know for a fact that that's one i ran upstairs for um (laughs) (laughs) like i have a very vivid memory of that like in that scene i i missed the description of your house can you explain that like running upstairs yeah so there's kind of like a living room area in the basement with like a big tv um and we were watching it there and so like if 
viewers can't see this, but I'm kind of like mimicking yes. the directions, I guess. So like here's the living room, uh, chairs are here, TV is here, okay. and then there's like a hallway here and then stairs that go upstairs. <laughs> and so I would always sit on the couch here and I'd like dash across the room and then go upstairs and like there's kind of like blinds alongside the stairs so you can still kind of see into the basement from the stairs and so i would just like chill out up there until i kind of like felt the vibe that everything was okay then i would slowly come back down and if it wasn't okay i'd go right back up i was basically like a scared rabbit like (laughs) like father like son (laughs) that is wonderful kyle has a rabbit just don't have a rabbit He's that's, wonderful. That's really cute. I love you that. can be like, thank you for that. I was like you once. <laughs> <laughs> Joe just runs around. That's wow. good. Yeah. Do we want to each do like one more? Sure. Yes. Cool. Um. So yeah, keeping in the uh, Christmas spirit here, because I, I am wearing a Christmas sweater as I have mentioned. Um. I'm gonna talk about a Christmas movie that scares me, and that is The Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I just. I think it's something about the animation style of that movie where I think it was the first or one of the first like mocap animation that they tried to mm. do um, where it just looks so bad. Like like they're, they're trying to make it kind of photorealistic and it just looks like crap and looks horrifying. Um, and Tom Hanks is in it and like he's the conductor and he's really mean in it. So I think that threw me off too. Cause it was like, Tom Hanks is never mean in like mm. any of the movies he's in. And then, and then he's like this crabby conductor who's like, ah, you don't have your ticket. And I'm like, just chill, man. You're Tom Hanks. Like, just calm down here. He's, he voices like so many other characters and he's like most of the characters in that movie. Like he also voices, voices like one of the children, which is yeah, very I know, weird. I know he does the mocap for like the main kid and then yeah. the kid that plays Junie and Spy Kids voices the main kid. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, I think Robert Zemeckis did it. Yeah. Um, and I th- is Steven Spielberg involved in this? Maybe he isn't. Steven Spielberg's involved in everything. So probably. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, and uh, there's a lot of just spooky moments in this. Like there's, there's one, I, I, I've not seen this movie in such a long time, but there's one scene where he's like in this one car and there are a bunch of like puppets or something. <laughs> and it just about that. it just freaked me out and still freaks me out and i think this kind of kicked off my my hatred of certain kinds of animation and i think claymation falls within that as well because just things that are trying <laughs> to be really realistic but they aren't they just scare me i don't like it so yeah i just hate the polar express and like i think in general that's a very divisive christmas movie because some people love that movie and i hate that movie. <laughs> so what are Sad. your guys' thoughts on the Polar Express? I I think I've only seen it once, maybe, and I feel like I may have seen it in theaters, and I remember it just being so loud, yeah. and it was like, I mean, obviously it's like surround sound because you're in a theater, but I think I saw it, for some reason, I feel like I saw it over Christmas, like like when it came out like in Canada and for some reason like the fact that I was in Canada like stood out to me more than the fact that I was seeing this movie because I think I think I remember being scared as well but just because it was so freaking loud like I felt like I was shaking in my seat and I remember nothing of the movie yeah and like I love the book like I like I that was a book that like my parents read to me a Mm -hmm. lot and it's just like a delightful book about finding yourself or whatever like it's, it's a pretty short book but mm-hmm. like and there's like everything's made of chocolate on the train and like 
it just like it just and it's like and then they meet Santa at the end and it's all fun. But then like this movie just stretches it out and there's a lot of conflict <laughs> and everyone's really mean and all the kids are annoying and I'm like just no. You shouldn't have done it, Robert Zemeckis. And Tom Hanks, shame on you, I say. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie as a kid, but I think as I got older, like, the animation style kind of really started to stand out and to now to the point that I don't remember the last time I watched this movie. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, it's, it's something. Boo. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> and yet, it's yeah. somehow become, like, a Christmas classic at this point. Like, so many people love this movie. They're wrong, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> when When did it come out? Early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. 2004. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So what do you what do you got, Mia? <sighs> um You know that is a good question. Okay. I know Dave doesn't like this. I'm trying to remember why. I know we've had this conversation before cuz for some reason you don't like claymation and I know that's been a divisive part of our friendship friendship in quotes in quotes yes um but well let me think of the year too um it is wallace and gromit um the curse of the were rabbit let me let me quickly look this up i should have i have not seen this movie really yeah i know i need to i really like sean the sheep and i like chicken run and just like everything that art is ardman uh everything ardman does um, I like pretty much nothing they do, I would wow. say. <laughs> I hate Sean the okay, Sheep. Get him. out of here. We still need to watch Sean the Sheep Goes to Space. Nope. Or whatever that Please. one is. The, th- the Sean the Sheep movie from like 20... 20- Sorry, this is just kind of a tangent. The Sean the Sheep movie wow. from 2015 is delightful. It's, I don't it's very, it. very good. I don't... Un- like, I don't... I literally can't understand why you don't like it. It's just because it's claymation, right? I just don't like claymation. I'm just really not into it. They're not even They're not even people. It's animals. I, listen, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't like claymation. I don't like puppets. I don't like mocap animation. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a deep-seated hatred in my brain. That is like heartbreaking. I'm sorry. Because I can picture like the amount of work that goes into it. Listen, the, the craftsmanship, incredible. Like I could not it make just, a sheep it, look it, like It breaks that. my heart that something so beautiful, like you don't like. Yeah. Like I'm sad for you that you have such a bad opinion. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I looked it up. Waltz and Gromit: Curse of the Were Rabbit is 2005. I have a very distinct memory of watching this in the basement of my mom's client's house because she like cleaned these people's house and it was this huge house and we would always just play in the basement and i remember watching this and being terrified because as you can imagine well i guess you can't imagine it's basically just like a werewolf story except the werewolf is a big scary rabbit um and i think wallace because wallace is the guy he becomes he becomes the were rabbit but they show the process of him like ballooning into this massive rabbit and it like sent chills down my spine like i can still picture the horror of like my just like the fear that overtook my body when i watched this happen i'm imagining like so okay, i haven't seen this movie but i'm imagining the scene is like a kid-friendly version of like the werewolf transformation in american werewolf in london i've never seen that what it's yeah, very, yeah. It's very I, good i haven't seen that either what yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. The the where 
it it might sometimes, be just because like they're that satirical like yeah, it's some, probably very similar. sometimes like look up like just that scene because like they they use like practical effects and that kind of stuff and the visual effects are insane um Ooh. but just like that scene in general like it's very 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 well done nice yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> my voice like cracked there a little um so yeah, I I think there are actually several walls in Gromit that just like were really scary and because it's claymation. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. There's one with. Have you seen any walls in Gromit? I don't think so. I might have seen bits at like a friend's house. Okay. There's but... one with like a scary penguin. There's one with a creepy mechanical dog. Like very very creepy. And that was like a big part of my childhood. Like we would just watch those and. Like, you got over the scary aspect of it, but I think, like, that that fear is just, like, so deep-seated in my memory that, yeah, I remember being really, really scared. So, I don't know if that was the point. I don't think I was supposed to be scared that badly. <laughs> I mean, I was probably, like, seven, maybe. So, maybe I was too young. Maybe I'm just a weenie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. <laughs> Well, I've also got an animated movie to talk about, um, and that is Spirited Away, um, which, so my experience with Spirited Away and just Miyazaki films in general is not extensive, um, and that's in large part because when I was a kid, uh, they used to play a lot of Miyazaki, like, uh, Miyazaki films on like Cartoon Network, um, and so at one point, I was just like scrolling through channels and came across, I think it was Spirited, I'm like 99% sure it was Spirited Away. Um, on Cartoon Network and watched like 20 minutes of it and it was like if you've seen Spirited Away uh it's like the part where I don't remember the the name of like the main kind of monster uh ghost thing um but like where it's like just going throughout the throughout the bathhouse and just like eating people um and it's just like gradually getting bigger and I don't know why that like rocked me so much as a kid but it really got under my skin to the point that I didn't watch a single Miyazaki film until this summer when I went back and rewatched Spirited Away. Just because, like, I don't know. It just didn't – I just kind of got it stuck in my head. I'm like, nope, these movies aren't for me. I just don't like it. <laughs> um, and then I watched Spirited Away this summer, and it's very good. Uh, and it's the only Miyazaki film I've seen all the way through. Did you survive the part where he eats all the people? I did. That's good. It's pretty good. The I think the animation style for this is – it's a lot – more like artistic because it's all hand-drawn and just like generally it's a lot more i don't know it's just not like a traditional like western style art uh art like animation style which is makes sense considering uh miyazaki's like a japanese uh animation studio uh, or studio ghibli um but yeah so i don't know if either of you have seen many miyazaki films or seen spirited away but yeah it scared me as a kid so do you remember how old you were when you saw it? I do not. I think I was probably like seven or eight. Um, hmm. But I know it like scared me enough that I had nightmares about it oh. uh, and like kind of blocked the memory from my mind. I'm like, nope, I'm never going to think about this movie again. I love that. Until I'm, I guess, 22 years old. That's fair. Yeah. I think I have never actually seen a Miyazaki film. I've had like three of them on my list never seen them yeah Whoops. i can't i can't speak to the rest of them obviously because i haven't seen them but spirited away is fantastic it's it's like beautifully beautifully animated and it's a really weird story and there's lots of really kind of just like strange que- uh, 
creatures. <laughs> creatures. Uh, <laughs> creatures. Yeah. Creatures. I guess. I guess I am seven again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a kind of it's a kind of movie that I can understand why it would kind of scare a kid, um, just because there is. It's kind of an animated movie that's not entirely like made for kids. It just kind of happens to be animated. Um, but yeah, it's great. Check it out. Yeah. Thumbs yeah. up. And so that's what we've got for this episode of Cinebraskans. I believe it's episode 29. We've done a lot of these. The spookiest wow. number. Yeah. 29. <laughs> yep. Spookiest number. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this has been episode 29 of Cinebraskans. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host. David Berman. As well as. Mia Everding. And yeah, happy happy Halloween. Ooh. Happy Halloween. Have, have a good time. Maybe watch some spooky movies. Maybe watch some not spooky movies. Oh. I don't know. Do what you're going to do. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.